Father in heaven, as we come now to open your word, just share with us individually, even though we worship collectively, what we need. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Disappointment is the theme of the passage that was read today. The people of Israel, during the ministry of Haggai, the prophet, they are disappointed and the other D, discouraged. In 586 BC, the Babylonians had invaded Israel and they had taken away captives, took them back to Babylon. And they just didn't take them back. When they invaded Israel, they destroyed Solomon's temple, which was the pride and joy of Israel. And after 50 years, some of the captives were allowed to return to Israel. And when they got back to their home, they began the process of rebuilding the temple. But the work stopped just after a short time because there was some opposition from a group called the Samaritans who were kind of like second cousins of the Jews. And so for 16 years, nothing happened. That which was started with those who came back just stayed dormant for 16 years. And at that time, God raised up the prophet Haggai and told him, go back now and tell the people to start building again. They responded to the voice of God's man and they began to build again. But only for four weeks. After a month, they became discouraged and again they wanted to quit. You may ask, what made them stop this time? It was not the Samaritans that were discouraging them. Well, I'm so glad you asked. What they were building looked like nothing like what they had before. Looked nothing like the temple they had before. And they became discouraged. And Haggai writes with a twofold purpose. One, to challenge them. And two, to encourage them to move forward with the work of building the temple. Maybe that twofold purpose may apply to us today. Maybe we need to be challenged. Maybe we need to be encouraged. Today's message is not about a temple. 
It's not about this church. It's not about the lights. It's not about the dark paneling that gets me crazy every time I come into the building. It's not about the building. I am talking about something that is spiritual. Do you ever get discouraged? Do you ever find yourself disappointed in your lack of spiritual growth? Sometimes disappointment looms over us like a towering, impenetrable mountain. And if we are not careful, our disappointments may derail our lives and cause us to lose focus and hope. If we're not careful, our disappointments may cause us to quit on God. Today, I want to talk about overcoming the mounting of disappointment. The first thing I want us to note in the two points I'll be making this morning is the cause of disappointment, and the second one will be the cure for disappointment. The reason for the disappointment here with the folk are many, but most of the disappointment revolves around their memory, bad memory. Memory can be a blessing, but memory can also be a curse. The Jews were guilty of focusing on the negative and forgetting all about the positive. For these Jews, memory was a heavy burden that hindered their progress. When Haggai came upon the scene, he asked the question, Who is left among you? that saw this house in her first glory. Who is left among you? Those who are building and you stop. I'm asking you, tell me who actually saw the house, the temple as it was. And you've got to understand how majestic and meaningful was this temple to Jews. Remember Jesus standing on the Mount of Olive and looking over the Kedron Valley at Jerusalem, and he talked about a mother hen gathering her chicks on the, her wings. He said, I want to gather you because they did not understand that Jesus was saying, this temple that you worship is going to be destroyed. They couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Haggai asked, who is left among you that had seen this first temple in its glory? The temple was destroyed in 586 BC. And Haggai prophesied in 520 BC. So six to six years later, he was asking these questions. The people had remembered the glory of the first temple is gold, covered walls, its splendor, its size, 
and its breathtaking beauty. It was a beautiful, magnificent structure. They recalled the glory days. When God's Shekinah glory, it was like a glow of God coming and hovering over the temple. They remember the glory of God filling the temple. And the house reverberated with praise. Now I don't know if in this house today, any of you would have been qualified to be there. And you say, well, why did you say that? Because I heard Christopher play and you sat like you were in Europe. In a kind of a sophisticated place. Sometimes we need to learn how to just break out in praise when God is being uplifted. Those people look back and they remembered the past. Remembering the past is not always a bad thing. Not always a bad thing to remember the past. But sometimes people struggle with things. When we remember, we're thinking of maybe a protracted illness. Maybe our focus is on our financial debt, which crushes us continually. Maybe it's a long, dark night of grieving after the death of a loved one. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Some of you may remember back in the days when you knew how to move your feet. The OJs had a song, She Used to Be My Girl. It's maybe we're stuck on yesterday. Maybe it's a dependence upon a substance that makes you feel good while robbing you of everything else. And you don't know how to stop. These folk were guilty not because there was something bad in yesterday, but because they looked at the temple. They looked at the temple and as far as they were concerned, what they had now did not compare to what they had before. I have talked to some folk who are in their second marriages. Sometimes even in a third. Yes, and I had someone who was in five marriages. And when he came for the sixth, I said, uh-uh, you got to find somebody else. Because maybe all we're doing is moving forward in disappointment and discouragement because we're looking back at what we had. These people look back and they remember the past. They remember what the temple was like. For those Jews, memory became a curse because not only... They did not only remember the past, they chose to live there. Let me stop for a moment. Memory isn't a bad thing. But if we choose to live in yesterday, we can never appreciate the struggles of today and the opportunities of tomorrow. Yesterday can become like a 
prison that holds you in bars that you can't escape. They look back at yesterday. They look back at the temple. They had stories about God and the former temple. They had just that stories. And then God had to come to them in verse 5 of the scripture reading and say it. Am I still here? My spirit remaineth in among you. I am still here, just like I've always been. There are things we need to forget. The Lord was telling them, Abraham is gone. Moses is gone. David is gone. Solomon is gone. The first temple is gone, but I am still here. They were looking at what they had before them, and as far as they were concerned, it's nothing like what they had before. Young folk tell me all the time, they're tired of people like me. Yes, once you've passed six to seven year old, so if you're in that category, they're tired of people like me telling them what it was like in the good old days. We like to tell them in the good old days. And they know the good old days, they had some bad stuff in the good old days. What Haggai was saying to them, you have to forget about the former temple because your memory of the temple was on a building and you forgot it was the presence of God that made the temple what it was. It was his Shekinah glory that mattered, not the gold, not the splendor, not the magnificence. It was the presence of God. So God was saying, don't fixate upon what you had. Remember, I am still here with you now. Can somebody say amen? amen. They looked at the temple of Solomon and his grandeur. They looked at the temple they were building and they were discouraged by the difference. What they could not see, that it was God who makes the difference. Same for us. It's not in your spouse. It's not in your children. It's not in your job. It is God who makes the difference in whatever you do. If we lose sight of that fact, we will look back and compare yesterday with today and be dissatisfied and discouraged with today. God is telling them, forget about the past. Forget about who isn't here. Forget about the things that you don't have any longer. Those things are gone, and they are gone forever, but I am still here. God has never left. His power is still the same. 
Can somebody say amen? So here they are. And the cause of their disappointment is their focus on what they had. And then they went on to compare what they had with what they have now. The way the church used to be. The way the church used to be. People are even getting into debates about how we used to dress. And we're making these things religion. And we're forgetting the main focus is God. It is God. And so God tells them, I want you to think about how when Paul came upon the scene as a cure, he told them, look, forget the things of the past and press toward the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. Paul comes and he says, listen, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake the Hebrews 13.5. The lesson that we need to hear today is the same lesson Israel needed back then. Far too often we get caught up in the same trap. We look at how things used to be, forgetting that the God of yesterday is the God of today. Our duty is to forget the past and reach forth into the future. We make comparisons. God asks them in verse 3 of Haggai chapter 2. He says, and how do you see it now? How do you see it now? Is it not in the eyes, in your eyes, in comparison of, as, of it as nothing? How do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes as compared to nothing based on what you had before? The old people wept when they saw the new temple. And they remembered the old one. In their eyes, the new temple was less than nothing. It seemed that it was not worth their time or their energy. They hated it and they wanted nothing to do with it. If we are not careful, we too can get caught up in the comparison game. When we do and if we do, it can be easy to forget or to become disappointed. We sometimes compare our spouses with other people's spouses. Let me just pause for emphasis. Why can't you dress like her? She works out. She is toned. She engages in self-care. 
you're letting yourself go. Sometimes, and you heard the emphasis on she, because males are the ones who are most guilty of this. If wives were to be as equal in their complaints, they can say the same thing. Get a haircut. Work on that stomach. You've never born a child, but you look like you're nine months pregnant. Be careful with the clothes you're wearing. Don't have your pants on so tight that everything is bulging where they shouldn't bulge. We thank God that the women don't complain as we do. We even go as far as to compare our children with other people's children. She studies hard. Why can't you study as hard? We don't realize what we do to our children when we do that. Sometimes we don't compare them with other people's children. We compare them with their siblings. Your sister reads. Why don't you go pick up a book? Maybe he doesn't like to read. Maybe he can build things with his hands. We compare what we have with what others have. And so we go buy that brand new car that we can't afford. Well, it even comes to the church. We compare the church now with what it used to be. How many times do you hear that? The church was like this. There was a time when we were like this. We remember the past. But we make a, f a f we have a flaw in our memory. It's called false memory. Do you want to know what it is? We remember the past better than it was. They had some junk going on back then. They had some nastiness going on back then. But when we remember the past, we make it beautiful. So when the past is that beautiful, the present looks like nothing. Here is a sobering fact. God is not obligated to treat us like he treats others. Can somebody say amen? Elder Martin said in the prayer today that God is sovereign. You know what that word means? It means he's right. It means he can do whatever he wants. And he's still right. But we think, well, God, if you can do that for that person, why are you not doing it for me? God is not required to bless us. Did you know that? He's not required to use us or anything else. He's certainly not obligated to do for us today what he did in the past. He is sovereign. He can do what he wants. When he wants and for whom he wants. When we live in the past as 
these Jews were, we are downgrading the present. And the inevitable result would be disappointment and discouragement. We will miss God's promises and plans for today and for tomorrow. We will be so trapped in what we feel and believe that we will forget that God has something big planned for the future. And so in verse 9, God says to them, the glory, this is not me speaking now. This is God speaking. God is saying, hey, you remember Solomon's temple? You were there. And you think it's all of that. But he says, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former house, said the Lord of hosts. And the reason God is saying that is because God is saying, my presence is what makes it greater. It's not what I possess is who possesses me. It's my presence and sometimes we are forgetting that what matters is the presence of God. We are presently discussing some plans as to how we want to get ready for this new world of streaming services we want people to join us we want some aesthetics we want to change some of the stuff we have around here we want to make the place look nice can somebody say amen but we will be missing the boat if our fixation is on the place and not on the presence of god because you can have the most beautiful, magnificent structure. And if God is not present, we're just wasting our time. God says, the glory of this latter house will be greater than the former house. And you could imagine those Jews, God, are you sure? Haggai, did God tell you to say that? Haggai, did, did you see that temple? Did you know what it was? Did you see how ornate it was? And some may have even questioned Haggai. This guy may have lost his mind. What? This nonsense you're looking at now going to be greater than the one? And God is saying to us today, look at your life and say, yes, your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. They were looking at yesterday. If we are not careful, we can become a source of discouragement for others. No doubt, there were some in Haggai's day who fixated on the glories of Solomon's temple while belittling the one being constructed. If we are not so careful, we will be fixating on yesterday and bringing our own discouragement. What is the cure for discouragement? It's not just forgetting what we had yesterday. But Haggai had a message for them. He said, go 
and work. Simple. He said, go and work. Stop thinking about the temple as it was. I want you to put your shoulder to the wheel. And I believe God is saying to us today the same thing. Get involved in ministry. Stop thinking about what it was back then. God said become a part of the solution and be involved in ministry. Simply go and work. Some of us don't understand that the cure involves not only working, but letting go of the past. Letting go means that you may need to forgive someone even though that person is yet to acknowledge the wrong he or she did to you. Maybe letting go of the past may mean letting go of a dream that has always been pulling you in the wrong direction. Forget it. You're not going to appear on American Idol. You may sing in the shower. You may, but for, let go. The time has passed. Let, let that dream go. Not only are we to work, but we must look up and we must look ahead. Isaiah 4 to 5 tells us, I am the Lord and there is none other. The same God who stood with David when he faced the mighty Goliath is the same God who stands with us in all our battles today. When your God is big, your battles become small. Let me say that again. When your God is big, your battles become small. Haggai, Haggai said to them, the glory of this latter house will be greater than the one you're dreaming about. Don't look at the house for what it is. Look at the house for what it will be when the presence of God is in it. What am I saying to us today? There's some things we need to forget. Looking back has its benefits only as a marker to tell us how far we've come. But we cannot hold on to yesterday. God says, this temple, your life may not look as anything good to anybody. But with God's presence, it is everything it should be. Can somebody say amen? With God's presence, it is everything it should be. So what's the cure for dis disappointment and discouragement? Is remembering it's not what's going on around you. It's who is inside of you. It is God. It is Jesus. So God says to us, don't look back. Press towards the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. And remember, 
as you're sitting here today, as you're home or wherever you may be driving, listening to this message today, God is saying all the wonderful things you, you experienced yesterday, God says your best days are ahead of you. It's the devil who wants us to think we can never reg- regain the splendor. God says, no, don't look back. Look ahead. The cure for disappointment is appreciating it's the presence of God that makes the difference in terms of how you see your present situation. I want to commit myself to God today not to look back, not to long for what I had, but to thank God for who he is and what he can do for me today. How many want to say with me, God, I just want to do that myself. Just raise your hand where you are. Thank you, thank you. You're online, you're looking at us today. Maybe you were held captive by something of yesterday and you can't let it go. God says, I am he who can do all things. Just hold on to me. Remember a woman clutched the hem of my garment and she was made whole. You just hold on to me and it's going to be all right. I thank God today that the temple was rebuilt. And though it looked nothing like the first temple, indeed God's word was true. The glory of the latter house will become greater than the glory of the former house. May God bless you.